0: Well, welcome to episode 37 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. Let's jump in with some Shazam talk. There was this featurette released, whatever you want to call it. It was a little over two minutes. Meet Shazam, where we get some new footage, some of the old footage we saw back at that first Comic-Con trailer. And then there's some info given to us about Billy, Freddie. We've got Zachary Levi, Asher Angel, Jack Dylan Grazer, the director, David F. Sandberg, talking and, and all of that. What would you think of this, Zach? Zachary Levi looks like a different person with a beard
1: and without a beard, and it's almost like you're getting some, you're getting insights from two different people, but it, it was really cool to to see this. Not a ton, like, story-wise to take from it, but it was, it's really fun to see, like, how much um, Zachary Levi is having fun with this character and, like, how much he gets the the fact that, you know, a bunch, he even says, like, a bunch of superheroes are like kind of begrudgingly dragged into being a hero. But this is one of the first times we see a character who's really super excited to be a hero and do- and wants nothing else but to be a superhero and finally gets those powers. So uh, I'm really excited that he seems to be pretty in tune with um, the aspects of the uh, Shazam character that I want him to be. So uh, this gets me more
0: excited. Yeah. There's also it's just cool to see the enthusiasm all the actors have for those roles, whether that's just, you know, for a, featurette video like this or if that's the actual full enthusiasm they had all the time on set and everything i don't know but it's still cool to see that that energy and passion and it doesn't really you know this footage didn't really tell us anything new or show us anything new or anything we hadn't heard before but it is good to see them put that out there and as they get closer to start the marketing you'd, you'd think that's going to be ramping up relatively soon uh, as we get closer to that re- release date we're not too far off now yeah and with it getting close the film has officially been rated which means presumably presumably it is a finished product out there the film is done so it has been rated PG-13 for intense sequences of action language and suggestive material.
1: Yeah, I I mean this is fine obviously for me I can I can still go see it. I was hoping that it was going to be a rated PG. I know that's probably tough to get and still have some of the the weight and intensity. Uh, in the scenes that they want to have in a superhero film but uh, it's a it's fine kids still go see pg-13 movies i think i think this will still be more suited to children than most comic book movies are
0: yeah especially the dc films we've seen so far uh yeah i i'm not shocked that it's pg-13 that's kind of what i expected but yeah I, i talked in the past how i kind of wanted it to be pg kind of hoping it was pg just because this is about as family friendly of a character as you can get in in the the main dc characters and you know i language and violence and and that isn't really essential to the shazam character i don't think but i'm not you know i'm not shocked that it's pg-13 it doesn't make a huge difference to me um either way but i thought it would have been a good opportunity for pg but yeah it's i think it's pg-13 is standard so that's not a surprise there at all
1: Next up, a sequel to Aquaman is in development, and David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick is going to write it, according to the Wrap. Uh, so he he also wrote Aquaman along with Will Beale and the story by Jeff Johns, James Wan, and, and Beale. Um, but and then he also wrote The Conjuring two for James Wan, so he's got a good foot in horror films and uh, a good amount of experience with James Wan.
0: Right. Yeah. So he is. He's worked with Wan in the past, and obviously with Aquaman and outside of that. So this seems like. Juan saying this is who I want so he'll get somebody who and Juan might ultimately get a story credit but I think this is encouraging if you expect if you want James Wan back as director uh, that he's probably picking this writer. You know, I think we all expect James Wan back but it's not official yet but this is a good sign for that and it's not a surprise that a sequel Taco Man is in development but this is the first real steps until that. It looks like they're going to take their time but they're making steps towards doing that. Do you have any, any thoughts on where you'd want to see the sequel to Aquaman go. I mean, that's tough because we've, it's one
1: of the good and maybe, maybe less good things about Aquaman just because of the, the huge scope of the Aquaman film and all the places that we got to see. Um, It. I don't know if it can like live up and be that same kind of scope. And I think I'd be okay with that because we've seen like a little sampler of all these different places. If we spent more time in one place, maybe underwater uh, in one of the kingdoms um, spent more time in Atlantis, like, an established Aquaman there, um and then obviously we've got black manta to to deal with, and I think that's gonna be pretty big in the sequel so um yeah, I don't know i I guess to boil it down i I want to see them more focused in like one location instead of on a globe globe spanning trek, which that was the theme for the first movie because it was kind of
0: kind of that way, but i I don't think they're gonna do that in the second film anyways that's a that's a good thought i I do like the idea of more of Aquaman in Atlanta seeing him. Now that he is the king, see him take over, see what that is like for him a little bit. But also, yeah, I just want to see more Black Manta. That's yeah. a, that's the a main thing for me. I, I like that character. I like the actor, so I just want to see more. Uh, on to more of the Aquaman family. A spinoff of Aquaman is in development based on the trench from Aquaman, that brief scene in Aquaman, according to The Hollywood Reporter. So Noah Gardner and Aiden Fitzgerald have been hired to write the script. They have written... I think one film that has been unproduced and that is it in terms of writing credits to their name. And this is supposed to be a horror tinged film and lower budget than most other DC stuff. And it will be set in the trenches kingdom, obviously, and not return the main Aquaman cast, uh, just in a vacuum there, Zach, what do you think of a movie based on the trench?
1: It's again, it's a testament to how good of a job James Wan did at world building that this little, not really big sequence. And the film can spin off into its own film. Um, and it was definitely the scariest part of the Aquaman movie. So if they're going to take anything from that and make a horror film out of it, this makes the most sense. That being said, I'm not huge into horror movies. And so I don't know how interested I am going to be in this. Obviously I'm going to be more interested than most horror films because most horror films don't have a DC connection, but, uh, I'll reserve judgment until I see more about this.
0: Yeah, I am I am not terribly excited about this at all. Uh, hypothetically, if you told me this was just an extra film that WB wanted to do and thought it could be lower budget, something like along the lines of Aliens or Predator type thing, that fr- those franchises, something like that, uh, that could be a cool $50 million film that makes three, four, $500 million or something like this, similar to What James Wan has done with the Conjuring franchise where he put out these lower budget horror films and they do really well at the box office. You would be getting horror fans like that and also comic book fans with some overlap there. So I think in the short term, I think it could be a good business decision, but I don't know how good it would be long term just to sort of like uh, you see with the Lego movie doing the second movie doing much worse than the first one. Uh, You think maybe spinoffs and diluting that property aren't good for the brand. So I don't know. Um, I think this could be cool in a vacuum, but also if you're telling me these next three years, what we have on the schedule, this could all change. We don't know, but we know there are two films coming out this year, next year in 2021. So if you're telling me that's the plan moving forward is to have two DC films a year and one is the trench, I would be really disappointed in that. Uh, just because this is a cool thing, but admittedly 85 years of mythology in DC and the Trench, here's this cool thing, but kind of one-dimensional. To have that be a film, that would be kind of disappointed. Now, this just this just joins a list of many things in development, but it, with Juan and Peter Safran producing, they've got a pretty good track record with the spinoffs from the Conjuring franchise, getting those up and going soon. It has a good chance of being made. Uh, and, it, and like I said, it can be a good film. It could be a great film and do well at the box office, but I'm not terribly excited about it.
1: Yeah, those are those are all really good points. Like It is kind of... That's the that's the thing. Like, where does this fit in with all of the other projects? And I would I'd have to like honestly say, of of every single project that has been talked about or announced or pushed back in some way, this is probably at the bottom of my list of things that I actually want to see like go sit in a theater and watch anytime soon. And that's not to say that I don't think this could be a good movie. It's just of all the things out there, this is
0: this one doesn't pique my interest quite as much. Yeah, absolutely. There's just so much other rich mythology in dc history that could be pulled from and so the trench isn't high on that list of of what i want to see but like i said it is a cool it could be a cool film and it is a cool premise this is kind of where i wish the shared universe was pushed a little bit more um without knowing what james gunn has for suicide squad 2 uh think about that if amanda waller just dumps the suicide squad into some kingdom where they have to fight the trench maybe on an island there's been a trench spotting manda waller wants to get something on that island or maybe she just wants to get the trench to study and research and turn into whatever uh bam drop the suicide squad on an island they take on the trench and it's kind of takes aspects of jurassic park or a predator film and that kind of thing that would be awesome uh if they were yeah. just the villain in sui- the suicide squad or something like that but who are the trench going to be fighting what is who is going to be the the protagonist uh i don't know so that's a. Uh, lot of questions being brought up with this and like you said there's much to find out still yeah
1: and then the the one other thing is obviously the Aquaman film had a much bigger budget than this movie is going to have and the amount of time and money and talent that went into producing the visual effects for the trench in that one short sequence that being spread out over an entire feature-length film I don't know if the the visuals are going to suffer they're not going to look quite as impressive uh, but I don't know. James Wan is pretty good at, at doing a lot on a small budget.
0: Yeah, that's where I think it has to be. I mean, it can't just be two hours of the trench jumping on the onto the boat or something like that. It would have to be maybe the trench attacking a mainland or an island or something like that. And they're mostly seen in the shadows, like some of those horror monster movies, lower budget ones. That's that's where I think that could make sense.
1: Yeah. Alright, moving on. Charlene Amoya from How I Met Your Mother has been cast in Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. According to Deadline, she's going to play Maria Bertinelli, the mother of Mary Elizabeth Mary Elizabeth Winstead's vigilante, the huntress, who is Helena Bertinelli, and the wife of mafia syndicate gangster Franco
0: Bertinelli. Yes. <laughs> um, I've seen all of How I Met Your Mother. I, I didn't even recognize her from the photo, but yes, yeah, she is Wendy the waitress in that. So she is a very, very small recurring role. So I don't think this will be a huge role in this film. Uh, Huntress's mother, probably not. But if we see a little bit of that, their family life, the Bertinelli's, I think she could have a, a obviously an important role. Yeah.
1: And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a pretty, pretty big name. And if this film, who knows, if this film does really well and everybody likes the characters and specifically respond well to the Huntress maybe she'll get her own film or a film focusing on her a little more and then maybe Maria Bertinelli will have a bigger role but that is a lot of maybes and ifs and what ifs kind of things going on so that's a little far looking
0: yes so on to to Batman so we talked about how nobody officially said Ben Affleck is 100% done well I think we finally have that Ben Affleck uh was on Jimmy Kimmel Live and he had a batman retirement ceremony yesterday uh and he he looked directly at the camera and said i'm not batman which i think a lot of people were waiting to to hear that official official thing right from the horse's mouth
1: yeah this was i mean this is it was kind of fun. it was funny like and i'm glad that he can he can laugh about it because i think he's had some some rough times with this and probably has some disappointment obviously around the character and everything and he said you know he tried to to crack the story and couldn't do it um so it's nice to have on the record super official he's not Batman so we can stop having all the clickbait articles about him coming back or not coming back or all these things so yeah it's just good that it's official now
0: yeah and, and who knows anybody never say never anybody could come <laughs> back uh, uh, whoever thought that Billy D Williams would get to play Two-Face like he did in the Lego Batman but yeah Ben Affleck coming back coming back as Batman would Shock me maybe more than seeing George Clooney come back yeah. as Batman. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not expecting that. And, you know, it's we talked about how great of an actor he is and how great of a Batman he could have been if he had more uh, more time, more room to work with and everything. But I am on a personal level, I'm kind of glad for him to get to be able to move on. I mean, I understand some people might not feel bad for a guy getting paid millions of dollars to play Batman, but, you know, for five plus years. He was harassed and had his personal life, you know, harassed about Batman and brought his personal life into the forefront. And he's still going to have that. Part of that comes with being an actor. But it is nice, like you said, that he can joke around about it. And uh, he looks like he's doing well.
1: Right, Producer Hiram Garcia talked about the Black Adam movie. Uh, He spoke about it with Variety. He said, we're also ramping up a couple big projects like Black Adam. And our goal is to get that going at the top of 2020. Script is coming along well, and we're in the polishing phase now, and are looking to attach the right director to it. A lot of people consider Dwayne, the Rock Johnson, a superhero already, so to finally have him play one on screen in the DC universe is a dream for us.
0: Yeah, not a ton of new information there. They've been polishing that script for, geez, seems like a really long time now. Um, and it seems like it's just pushed back last year. In 2018, Dwayne Johnson was saying, that sounds like a 2019 production. Now that we're in 2019, they're saying 2020. Um, we'll see when that, that happens. I don't know if they're waiting for new lines, waiting for Shazam to see how things might tweak out or change. I know the Rock's got a big busy schedule, but yeah, this is still still in development and it will happen whenever Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson is free, I, I presume.
1: Yeah, well, he is a very busy man. But the good thing about Dwayne Johnson is that it seems like he is more than any other actor capable of doing like six or seven movies every two months. And just spitting them out and making them pretty good still. So, I I think yeah, getting a a director is the next big step, and hopefully we get that kind of news soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to animation. WB and Nickelodeon have announced a Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated movie. Sci-Fi had the exclusive on this. So there was a Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic miniseries by James tynan the Fourth and Freddie Williams the Second, and I don't know if it's going to be a direct adaptation of that but it is mentioned uh, that it is based on that and the film will see the turtles meeting Batman via a transdimensional encounter and feature our heroes teaming up to face Batman's deadly rogues gallery.
1: Yeah, I, I never really got into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a kid. So I, this isn't quite as nostalgic for me as it is for a lot of people, but I think this is a pretty cool crossover. There's a lot of people who like uh, the turtles and a lot of people who like bat. probably more people who like Batman. So it's cool to get them together. So, this will probably get me to watch some TMNT for the first time ever. Uh, just, oh, really? Yeah, just to figure out what it's about and then to actually see this. So it's cool. I'm, I'm. It's it normally works out pretty well when they do these crossovers, and it it brings something kind of fun and fresh to it.
0: Yeah, the comic was well received, and it is a fun idea. I'm not a huge Ninja Turtles fan either, but I think I've seen most or all of the live action movies oh, at geez. least. Yeah. Um. So I, I. I mean I like them fine they're not my favorite thing but I think it can be fun to see them interacting with Batman and this looks like it will be a cool animated movie and it's got a pretty cool cast so Troy Baker who has played both Batman and the Joker before will be playing both of them in the same film for the first time Uh, I don't know if that just means Joker has a small role and he was already on the payroll so might as well get him to double up or if that will be important but we've also got Darren Criss who was the music meister in the Arrowverse will be Raphael Rachel Bloom from my crazy ex-girlfriend is Batgirl. Tom Kenny, who is apparently SpongeBob SquarePants, will be voicing Penguin. John DiMaggio, who's been, done a bunch of DC stuff, is Mister Freeze. Tara Strong is going to be Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Bane and Rachel Ghoul will also appear. So lots of lots of talent in this. I wouldn't surprise me if this has a little bit higher budget than usual, with it being a dual production. And I mean, it just sounds like it's going to make a lot of money for these direct-to-DVD animated movies. Uh, team up Batman and the Ninja Turtles. I think that will make a lot of money.
1: Yeah, and it's cool that they can get this kind of these, this amount of characters. And obviously, this is the, the same thing that happens with all the animated movies is you get to bring in just a crazy amount of characters and put them in crazy situations. So
0: that's always fun. Yeah, it will be out on 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD late this spring. So it's going to be pretty soon. We also have some details on WarnerMedia's upcoming streaming service. So Warner Brothers is going to have their own streaming service. And it is expected to launch in late 2019 with original content in 2020. A lot of people want to know how this is going to impact dc universe or dc shows all that kind of things and we don't know exactly yet but kevin Riley, who is heading up the project said it will include original dc content and also of note is that the cw's deal with netflix expires this spring and meaning they could bring those shows those arrowverse shows to this new service so i don't know if this is you know going to be some sort of package thing where you can package dc universe with this if there's going to be separate original content on Warner media streaming service and DC universe, or if DC universe just kind of gets folded into this somehow or, or what this is going to happen, but it looks like there could be some more changes. And with the streaming age, things are changing so fast. So we really don't know how it's going to impact everything. Yeah,
1: this is, it's confusing. I, (laughs) I hope that there is some sort of like cross compatibility with DC universe in some way. Like, like you said, maybe a package deal where you can get both this or the, the, original dc content for warner media is also on dc universe and it's still you know that's still original dc content that is first came out maybe you have to wait and it comes to dc universe a little bit later something like that i hope there's some sort of cross play there where i don't have to literally have two different logins and go to these two different things but we'll just have to wait and see what ends up happening
0: or some kind of bundle yeah it would be weird if there was original DC stuff on Warner medias and on DC universe. And then you kind of got to get both. Um, Yeah. I don't know, but I think this is good news. If you're a fan of Titans and like doom patrol coming out, because it gives another option. If DC universe isn't a huge hit and taking off, which we have no idea, those shows can still be successful elsewhere and have a place to go.
1: Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point that, you know, if for whatever reason, DC universe goes down, if Warner media with its broader market appeal, because it's more than just DC stuff, if they kind of like swallowed that up, and those shows that we like ended up there, that would be okay. Obviously, less than ideal, but would still be okay. Next up, we got our first look at Jack Bannon as Alfred in Epic's Pennyworth. Not a lot to take from this picture. He's standing there, but he does have a, a very kind of retro British spy intelligence officer kind of look there. It, it looks cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, not much to say about him just standing on the street, other than I guess he is the youngest Alfred ever, so not surprising there but we knew that already, so not a ton to take from this, and it'll it'll be a while before we got, or I don't know when we'll get more details on this series, but there's our first look. So right after we talked about Doom Patrol, being surprised how there wasn't more marketing stuff for Doom Patrol, a lot more marketing stuff for Doom Patrol came out. That's how these things things work with the show debuting today. I have not seen it yet. Have you, Zach? Uh, Not yet. Okay. Uh, We'll be doing a review for that soon. That is the plan, maybe next week sometime, but there is a teaser, just a 30-second teaser type coming out that I really enjoyed. Just looked fun. I I like everything I've seen from this series so far. Yeah, this one is
1: very, very much fun, very much uh, showing you that this is
0: a weird group of individuals. And then they released a long extended trailer, nearly five minutes long, uh, just as it's getting ready to release the first episode. And I I watched this once. I tried not to pay too close of attention because I just kind of want to enjoy it in the series now that it's almost here now that it is here actually yeah
1: exactly it's i i like you i've only seen this once because i don't want to figure too much stuff out but yeah this one definitely sets the tone a little differently this is instead of being so goofy this is more like serious about the accidents that each of the characters went through the tragedies they went through to become who they are and how they are kind of all broken but brought together as a team and that's really kind of the heart of doom patrol so um they're setting the tone really well so far and it just it looks really, really good and I will probably right after we're done go watch it and
0: see see what it's all about. Yeah, weird and fun are two great words to describe what I've seen from this so far. And that's good because they're the world's strangest heroes, after all, so you would want that from Doom Patrol. Yeah. They also released the main titles for Doom Patrol, nearly seventy seconds long. Any I mean any thoughts on these Zach?
1: Uh it's kind of it's gross because <laughs> there's like eyeballs and brains and stuff rolling around, but you know, that's that is to be expected with the show. The only, the only other thing, and this is just weird, but like at the beginning, it almost bothers me a little bit that like right when they press stop is when like the music starts going instead of them like hitting play on the little tape recorder. But that that doesn't mean that's, anything.
0: That's just me being weird. That's interesting. That is you being weird. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say. <laughs> other than they look cool, they're really well done. I always feel a little bit disrespected when streaming services have more than a minute long intro <laughs> credits that that don't really tell or show or do us do anything for us uh and i'm always tempted to hit that skip intro button but these are really cool so i'll probably only hit skip intro maybe 75 percent of the time yeah and i like the music too they've got mm-hmm. a pretty good score for the show so far yeah uh, these are these are cool titles i just don't have much to add to it uh and we got a few more details about doom patrol from the tcas as well Yes, showrunner Jeremy Carver said the show is dipping into different versions
1: of the Doom Patrol over the years. A great jumping off point is the Grant Morrison comics and the Silver Age. So that's that's interesting to hear that they are going to they're going to kind of like combine some of the different things. But it also makes sense because Doom Patrol has been rebooted just about as many times as a comic book series or group of characters can be rebooted. So there's a there's a
0: lot of different versions to pull from. Oh yeah. There's quite a few different characters. Obviously, Robot Man's always been on with them and you see Negative Man a lot, but yeah, there's been a lot of different characters pop in storylines and everything. So it makes sense to take a little bit from all of them.
1: Yeah. And he also mentioned that characters like Beard Hunter, Celsius, Lodestone, and Danny in the Street are going to appear on the show.
0: Yeah. We don't all weird Doom Patrol (laughs) characters that I would like to see. Uh, I just, like I said, it's cool, kind of cool the way DC Universe does this, where you never know. They don't share so much about the day-to-day production stuff, so we never know who's going to appear up here. Uh, That was kind of neat with Titans. Uh, You could watch an episode and not know who was going to show up. And so, yeah, I think we'll have more of this here because outside of the main cast of Doom Patrol, we really don't know many characters who are going to be in. And with 15 episodes to fill, there's probably going to be a lot of guest stars.
1: Yeah, and probably a lot of guest
0: stars that aren't
1: very, you know, not household names to... Well, there's probably not like a lot of normal... Hopefully, there are a lot of normal kind of households watching the show, but let's be honest, probably not a ton. But still, there's there's some strange characters from Doom Patrol that not a lot of people know, and
0: it'll be cool to, to see them brought to life. Yeah, that's right. It's not going to be like Titans where Jason Todd shows right. up before <laughs> uh, Hawk and Hawk and Dove even are more well-known than a lot of the obscure Doom Patrol family of characters. So I'm, I'm excited to see who pops up. Yeah. And last bit in animation, we got a trailer for Cartoon Networks dc superhero girls series so this is the cartoon network series tv series that is based on the dc superhero girls line that has shorts on youtube they've got direct-to-dvd movies they've got it's a whole brand Uh, but there's going to be an actual series on cartoon network and the series debuts march 8th any thoughts on the trailer zach
1: uh it it looks good it i i like this animation style that they've they've switched to they switched to this more like powerpuff girls style of animation um and that being said i don't know if i'm going to you know, go and watch every single one of these episodes, but they, they look like fun and it's just, it's more, more content for people who aren't like me. And that's pretty cool because I want all kinds of different people to like DC characters. And this is, this is a way to get other people interested in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Powerpuff Girls. That is, it comes from Lauren Faust who worked on the Powerpuff Girls. So that makes sense. And yeah, this doesn't exactly look like it's for me, but I think there should be content for all ages and, and to get younger people to be fans of these characters so i am glad that not everything is for me yeah all right that is all we have for today thanks for listening and we'll be back soon